Spirit of Almighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. I think, at least I hope, we all come expecting to, to get filled again and refilled and filled to what's overflowing. But I think sometimes we forget that in order to get filled up, that we have to empty ourselves out. You got to empty ourselves out. If you want more of God, you got to get rid of yourself and get rid of. Sometimes it's not you. Sometimes it's the problem that you're in, the situation. That's why Jesus says, why don't you just go ahead and cast your cares upon me. Get rid of all those stuff. Empty all that stuff out, and then I can come in and fill you up. But if we're not emptying ourselves out in praise and worship and prayer, amen, there's not much that God can pour in. I don't know about you, but I want to be filled again today. I want to be the outpouring of God to come down today and fill us up overflowing, but we've got to let ourselves out and empty ourselves, amen, so that God can do what he wants. As John the Baptist says, he must, decrease, he must increase, I must decrease. The only way you get more of God is to get less of us and less of our things, amen, and uh, I encourage you today to do that, to not leave here the same way or the same level. Man, we usually say the same way, but you don't want to leave the same level because then nothing, nothing's really happened. It's like a net zero. And how, how do you get into the presence of God, go to an apostolic church that preaches truth, and how do you go through a service like that and you leave a net zero? No, no, no permanent change, no, no real uh, situation has happened, but it's just kind of in and out. I, I don't want to do that. I want to leave here positive. I want to leave here on a higher note. Recharge in the Holy Ghost today. Amen. And that's what God wants to do in somebody's life. Amen. Make himself known. Amen. And to prove himself today to you. Amen. But we have to be willing and wanting that. Amen. So good to see everyone here today to worship the Lord in spirit and the truth. Amen. Thank you for your continued giving and support to the kingdom of God. Amen. We uh, know that God blesses those that are faithful. Amen. And uh, please be sure to continue praying for those that are not here, whether they're out sick or traveling or, or work or whatever the case. Amen. We want to continue lifting each other up in prayer. Amen. Because we know that prayer works and prayer is important. Amen. Amen. Kids Church can be dismissed today in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, continue to... Uh, Pay attention to the events that are happening. We've got that calendar out there, the fellowship groups. Um, Mondays are Marriage Mondays where uh, a bunch of uh, married people get together and watch uh, a marriage conference seminar on how to strengthen and, and improve your marriage and, and get it better. And That's always good. And uh, Continue to remember the weekly prayer meetings and prayer sessions before church and even here during the week. Men's prayer, Monday mornings, amen. We want to be connected and be a part of what God's doing, right? Amen, we don't want to be left behind. Amen, John 15, John the 15th chapter, start reading verse 4. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you Except you abide in me. Jesus says you're not going to make it unless you're connected to me. You're not going to make it without him. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. We know that, right? At least we think we can and then we find out, well, the word of God is true again. How many times do I have to, to, to read that and live that again? Man, if, uh, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them in the fire and they are burned. If, but if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will and it shall be done for you. People like to take that verse out of context because you're not, if you abide in the word of God, you're going to ask what God wants you to ask. We tend to take that, oh, I, God, I need a new car, you know, all these things. Well, show me in the Bible where that says that, and you might get it. But uh, if, my, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will be done. 
Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so that ye be my disciples. He wants us to grow and bear fruit. Amen. And as the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. And even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. He said all of those things so that you can still have joy and maintain joy. And the way that we uh, keep the joy of God in our lives is to continue to abide in Him and in His Word. Just as simple as that. Sometimes we go through things and we, we get uh, cloudy minds and cloudy judgment and uh, joy is easily lost or we can't find it. But he, Jesus says, this is things I've spoken so that you can have joy and my joy might remain in you. I don't know about you, but I, I want the joy of the Lord in me. Amen. I don't want to lose it. Amen. I want to keep it strong in my life. Amen. Amen. So I want to preach to you today with this from this title, Abiding with Assurance. Abiding with Assurance. Turn to a few people, wave to them as you're seated uh, this morning. We live in a, such a complex world today, and it isn't an easy place to live in. It has its ups and downs and its benefits, and it has its surplus of costs. And to be honest, I think at times, uh, I, I think back to years, many, many years ago, that what seemed to be simpler times compared to today. Back in the good old days that uh, Brother Buck grew up in, uh, isn't it good to have him here today? Amen. Back in the good old days that Brother Buck grew up in where he didn't have all these modern day living costs. Like insurance that you have to pay for and for your car and you don't have to pay for, you don't get to pay insurance just for your car, but you get to pay for insurance to protect you in case somebody else doesn't have insurance. And so every, uh, you save, that person can save uh, money every single month by not having to pay insurance, but that's okay, I'll pay extra uh, every month to cover you in case you hit me if you don't have insurance. And what about the days where you didn't have homeowner's insurance? I Obviously, that was a long time ago. Talk to Brother Buck about those days. But um, I don't know when that came about, but uh, he can tell you about those things where there was no such thing as homeowner's insurance. Uh, and you could think, well, uh, you back in those days, you can just go make Lincoln Logs out of some trees and you could build a house. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. To think about that. You want a house? Just cut down some trees and build your house. Not today. Uh, and so if something happened to it and it happened to, to burn down or whatever, guess what? You can just go cut down some more trees and build another house. No, no signing your life over for 30 years for a mortgage. Or, and, and the cost of living today seems much higher than those days gone by. But there are many benefits that exist today that weren't around back then. You don't want to pay for car insurance or homeowner's insurance or health insurance or dental or uh, dental insurance or long-term care insurance or whatever other insurances are out there that you have to pay for. Well, if you don't want to pay for them and go back to a world where those things did not exist, well, then you probably won't have air conditioning. Probably won't have indoor plumbing. Probably won't have hot running water. You probably won't have a touchscreen. <laughs> Struck a nerve right there. <laughs> no, no video chatting. No Amazon next day delivery. <laughs> There's a bigger nerve right there. Yeah, all the. All the costs of living today, and I guess we are okay with all those costs. So they come with benefits. There are a lot more costs to live in 2021, but there are also a lot more benefits, as we just witnessed. 
And whether or not you like paying for insurances every month, the truth is, is that when something bad happens, you are grateful when your insurance company contacts you and says, hey, we're here to help you. We're here to help. If you got a good one, they'll do that, I guess. Well, we're here to help. We'll help fix things. We'll help pay for the repairs. We'll, we'll help you get back to your normal life. And we may not like paying for insurances, but insurance provides us assurance. Insurance provides us assurance that we won't have to face any hardship all by ourselves. That somebody will be there for us. Somebody is on our side and they're here to help me get through whatever trial that just came up in my life. Whether it's my fault or not, the assurance that somebody will be there with me is a comfort. And that's what insurance is. It's kind of an assurance. Just in case something happens, I know somebody will be there, I hope. And as long as you pay the monthly payments, and if you uphold your side of the contract, they will uphold theirs, and basically, if you abide with them, they'll abide with you. And one insurance that I that I really believe in is, is life insurance, not that I'm uh, morbid, but uh, and planning on dying anytime soon. But God forbid something happens, and and your spouse is taken from this life, and uh, uh, the tragedy that that is. Uh, but imagine having somebody come and give you a check for tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. That can provide some comfort. Not that we w- we'd much rather have the person here than some money, uh, but. Uh, that assurance, that insurance can provide some comfort in that time of pain. And if you have a family and you don't have life insurance, it's probably cheaper than your touchscreen cell phone bill that you happily pay for every month. And so uh, if you make bad choices and break the law or laws, uh, we live in a country where they say you have the right to an attorney. And if you can't afford one, one will be provided for you. And so that you won't have to go into that courtroom all alone, all by yourself. And you won't have to stand in front of that judge alone because we'll provide somebody to be there with you to help you be on your side. But we have the insurance that somebody will show up and stand by your side and help you in the time of need. That's the society that we live in. And that's obviously... Also why it's such a high cost of living because it's such a litigious generation where everybody sues everybody. And so now everyone sues everybody. Everybody has insurance to cover all those insurance, uh, those claims should they arise. And so if you happen to be able to afford a top-notch lawyer and you can afford to have the best of the best standing next to you and argue for your innocence... Uh, you are, are you. You're blessed to be able to do that. Not everybody can afford top-notch lawyers, and I can remember what seems like a few years ago, but it's actually this is the 27th year since it's happened. Uh, a few, it, it, it seemed like a few years ago, watching on the news, a white Bronco speeding on the interstate. 27 years it'll be this year. White Bronco speeding on the interstate, and there are a lot of cop cars following behind it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's, it's a long time ago. And you know what? O.J. did not enter that courtroom alone. He did not enter it alone, and he needed, and he needed more than one advocate, that's for sure. And he had a, he had a whole team of lawyers. It was called the Dream Team. And that, that, that whole team of lawyers somehow convinced the jury that even though the glove fit, it doesn't mean he did it. And while the whole world was stunned when he walked out of that courtroom, declared innocent of those charges, even though it sure seemed like he did it to the average person, but he had an advocate that was there with him to argue for his innocence. And while the Word of God declares murder as a sin, it also declares that many other deeds and actions are sins as well. 
1 John 3 and 4 says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him was no sin, Jesus Christ. In him was no sin. Each sin that is committed is a charge against us. That we are guilty of because God is pure and holy and righteous and in him is no sin. And, and since God is a just God, so every sin that is a transgression and every transgression must be punished. Sin is breaking, breaking of God's law. We understand breaking laws here. Things happen. That's the way it is in the law of God is sin is breaking God's law. And so every transgression, there's a punishment for that. And in, in case you're wondering, if you're on the fence, in case you're wondering where you stand in all of this, Paul just go ahead and tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we all have sinned in the eyes of God. We have all broken laws and transgressed. We have all uh, transgressed God's righteousness. And we will all stand before God one day. And he will open the books and he will examine our deeds and line them up with his law of righteousness. Every person. And in case you haven't realized it yet, there is none righteous. No, not one. Whatever righteousness that we have or think we have, the word of God says our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's not going to hold up very well in the courtroom of God. Whatever good deeds, whatever things that we think that we're good, they're not going to stand a chance in the courtroom of God. So there we'll stand in God's courtroom, every man, every human being. That has ever been created, we will stand there one at a time, standing all alone before the mighty judge. We stand there alone because no one else is responsible for our deeds but us. And you can't bring your dream team of lawyers with you to argue your case. Because every single one of those lawyers are in line to meet the judge for their actions. And so they have no standing to come in there and start arguing for your innocence to, uh, to argue your case. And so every man, woman, boy, and girl will stand before the throne of God at the judgment. Uh, but all hope is not lost because there is some assurance out there there is somebody that will come and can come to your aid and argue your case before the Almighty God. And that advocate is named Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one that can come to your aid. He's the only one that can come to, to your help and to stand with you and to stand for you and to argue your case against God. We see this in Revelation 5. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, nor under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look upon it. There's nobody worthy. Not even couldn't open it, not even to, to look at it. Nobody is worthy. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And, and one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into the, all the earth. And he came, and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Jesus Christ is the only one that was out without sin. He's the only one that is worthy to stand in the courtroom of God. He's the only one who is innocent and blameless. The Lamb, the precious Lamb of God who is the only one that has the standing in the throne room of God. First John tells us, my little children, 
These things have I, I write unto you that ye sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for also the sins of the whole world. And so what that saying is, is that we don't have to stand alone before the throne room and the throne of God because we have an advocate. We have a lawyer that will come up, that will come and stand by our side. And since the Lamb of God is the only one that has any standing or in any credibility in the law of righteousness, if the Lamb doesn't come and advocate for you, then guess what? You're guilty. If nobody can come and argue for your innocence, you're guilty. Because you can't argue for yourself. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. You have no case. But you're standing there. If you're standing there and you and then all of a sudden you you feel this this presence begin to sweep over you and and you see the lamb of God come up beside you and come in front of you and he stands between you and the almighty judge and then the lamb of God says you are innocent if the lamb says that about you then guess what you're innocent because whatever the lamb says he's the only one that has standing in the courtroom of God and so if you're in innocent and you're not guilty of any charges that are brought against you. The Lamb of God is the only one that can do that. And that is astounding to us when we think about it because we hear all the charges and we remember the charges and we know that we did those things. We know that we broke the law of God. We broke the law of righteousness. And we know that the glove fits. But yet, we're declared innocent. Talk about a reason to rejoice. Talk about a reason to have some joy in your life. Talk about joy unspeakable uh, because we know that uh, when the Lamb comes and argues on our behalf, we get to be declared innocent of all our past sins, of all our past failures, that they're washed away, that the judge will not see those charges against us, and we can go on to be with him uh, in heaven because we are declared innocent. And when Satan comes and accuses you, of your sins and transgressions, all those things that you have committed, and, and he will, because the Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. He likes to accuse you of, of the things that you've done. And, and, and when the accuser comes, you just need to tell him, go talk to my lawyer. Go talk to my advocate. Go talk to Jesus Christ because I'm pleading the fifth. I'm not going to agree with you, devil. I'm not going to acknowledge you. I'm not going to incriminate myself. Go ahead and go talk to my advocate, Jesus Christ, and your dealings are with him because I lawyered up. That's what we should be doing. Why are we going to sit and argue with the devil? We have an advocate. We have an advocate that says, hey, you're innocent. I know you have did that, but hey, I've forgiven you of that. That's all under the blood of Jesus. That's under the blood of Lamb. And so that's all in the past. Those charges don't stick against you any longer. And so we're not going to waste time arguing with the devil when we have our advocate that says, hey, he's innocent. And so that's where it gets hard for us because we listen to the accusations. And it's not like he, the devil accuses us of some crazy false stuff. He accuses you of stuff you've done. And we start to agree and we start to make choices and talking with the devil. We, we do all these things without consulting our advocate. You want to get into more trouble, go do some things without talking to your lawyer. And so we need to stop listening to the accuser and stop letting him beat us down. Why? Because we have an advocate. We have somebody that will come and fight for us and argue our case. We have the blood of Jesus Christ that covers our sins and washes away those accusations and says that we are innocent. So if we're innocent in the eyes of God, don't listen to the devil who comes and says you're guilty. Either you're going to listen to the devil or you're going to listen to your lawyer. 
The truth is, is that when we stand before God and, and He opens the books and scrolls down to our name, all he sees is the blood of the lamb and says, I can't see any charges against this man. I can't see any charges against this woman. All I see is innocent blood on their name, and that has been shed. And so it looks like, sir, it looks like, man, that you're innocent. Go now and enjoy uh, the, the joy of the Lord and enter into the gates of heaven. And then the devil is over there. He's popping his top. He's, he's, he's really mad. He's really red. I mean, you've seen the pictures of him, how red he is. He gets, really, he gets redder uh, in the courtroom of God. Because he's over there saying, hey, I got all these charges. I didn't make these up. I know I'm a liar, but I didn't lie about these charges. These are real. I documented. We got, we got evidence of them. And God says, devil, I'm not going by your book. I'm going by my book. And my book says that they're innocent. My book says, hey, the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied. And so that just drives the devil insane. You know why? Because the devil is guilty himself. The devil is guilty, but he has no lawyer. He has no advocate that can stand and fight for him. And, and we who are dead in our trespasses and sin, we have a lawyer. We have an advocate, and our advocate says that we are innocent before the eyes of God, and so we are. And so the billion-dollar question it used to be a million-dollar question, but now millions are not much. Billions are where it's at, supposedly. So the billion-dollar question is, do you have an advocate? Do you have assurance that the Lamb of God will show up and stand before you and the judge? If you are unsure, how, do you, how does this happen? How do you get this top-notch lawyer, the only one that can stand in the courtroom of God? Well, what did Jesus say? The, the Lamb of God said in our text, he said in, in verse 4, if you abide in me and I in you. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you. And if he said, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. And so the only assurance that we have is if we are abiding in and by the word of God. Because he said, you abide in me, I'll abide in you. If we are abiding by the word, then there will be fruit of it. There will be evidence of that in our life and that we are keeping his commandments and they are abiding in us. And so I, I, I'm going to say something that sets this church apart from a lot of other Christian churches is that it takes more than just believing in the book to have an advocate come and declare that you're innocent. It takes more than just saying, oh yeah, uh, that sounds great. I like the sound of all of that. Do you know that criminals, felons, and murderers, they all believe in the law? They all believe in it. They don't abide by it. There's a difference between uh, believing the law and abiding by the law. They don't abide by the law. They don't keep it. They don't do what it says to do, and they, they do what it doesn't say to do because if they did abide by the law, there would be evidence that they did, and that evidence, evidence is they wouldn't be in prison. Of course, we know everyone in prison is innocent. And so if people that abide by the law, they're not going to have a record. But if they did more than just believe in the law, but if they actually listened to it and, and uh, abided by it, uh, then that means there would be fruit of it. There would be evidence that, hey, you're, you're an upstanding citizen. You, you clearly abide by the law. Why? I looked at your record for evidence, and there's nothing there. You must follow the law, except speeding laws, I guess. And so to abide means to remain, to continue to be present, to uphold, to keep continually. That means you're not letting go. 
That means you're not, you're not getting tired Say, oh, let me put this down. It says, no, to abide means I'm going to remain here. I'm going to continue here. I'm going to be present here. I'm going to hold on to this truth. I'm going to keep this truth. I'm going to live by the truth. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to compromise. Why? Because I'm abiding by the truth, by the law, and I'm not going to go anywhere without it. And so when Jesus says in John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so Jesus said, hey, the devil's building a case against you. There's lots of evidence against you. I see it. But if you want evidence that you're following the law, and evidence that you're abiding by the word and my commandments, then, then you need to be born again. That's one way to get some evidence that you're doing the right thing. It says, Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, if you're gonna stand, if you're gonna go to the the courtroom of God or any courtroom, hopefully you're gonna you're gonna put on a suit, your best best clothes, standing before the judge. And, and if you're gonna go before the the into the courtroom of God, uh, what would you like to put on? I'd I'd like to put on Christ. Because he's the only one that can stand in there innocently. And so I'm not going to put on anything else. I'm going to put on Christ. And the only way to, 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 to put on Christ is to get baptized because Jesus said you got to be born of the water. And so the evidence that you've been born of the water is you get baptized, you got wet. And there's no denying that evidence. There's no denying that you did not get wet. And so you must be baptized in Jesus' name. As we see in Acts 2.38, then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. As we know, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is not a name. It's not a name. Those are titles. Uh, can you imagine standing before the Almighty Judge, and he asks you, are you going to face me alone, or is your lawyer coming? And you say, yeah, my advocate's coming, and I, I put on, I put, it, put him on today, and, and, and you say he's coming, and, and then the judge says, okay, uh, since we're waiting here for him to show up, what's his name? And you say, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And the judge says, is that first, middle, and last name? I'm trying to, is that his name, Father? Is that his first name, Father? Last name, Holy Ghost? What is his name? Uh, what, what's one of those is his name? Because I don't recognize any of those advocates' names. In fact, they're not names. Uh, and so when you get baptized, you're going to put on the name of, of your advocate. And so people that get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they don't have any standing in the courtroom of God because they didn't put on the right coat. They didn't get baptized with the right name. Uh, the Almighty God, he says, I'm just going to go ahead and save us both some time here. He says the only advocate that has any standing in heaven's courtroom, the only one that I'm going to listen to is the Lamb of God, and his name is Jesus. And so if your advocate, if his name is not Jesus, don't bother trying to bring him here because he has no standing. The only one that has standing in my courtroom is the Lamb of God, and he has a name, and his name is Jesus. So if Jesus is not your advocate, then we're done here. And so that's why we get baptized in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, the name to which every knee will bow, and things in heaven, things on the earth, and things under the earth. Because we know the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is Jesus. That's the name. We're not going to get baptized with and carry some titles around me. And uh, sadly, many people are going to be standing uh, unprepared one day if they don't. Get baptized in the name of Jesus. And so if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, you need to. It is, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Because you're not covered by the name, the all-powerful name. Uh, and so uh, it's a bit, it makes all the difference. If you aren't sure how you were baptized, it's better to be safe than sorry. We have nice warm water and robes. And so if you haven't been born of the water and have evidence to prove of it, you can get that evidence today. 
and hold on to that. But Jesus also said we need to be born of the Spirit in order to enter and to see the kingdom of God. 1 John 4, 13, hereby know that we, that we dwell in him. Remember Jesus talking about abiding in him and he in us because he has given us his Spirit. And so since Jesus is big on evidence, there is evidence that you have, uh, that you have been born of the Spirit because that's pretty critical as well, being born of the Spirit. You just can't uh, be born of the water and think you're going to make it in. He's, Jesus clearly said, born of the water and of the Spirit. And so uh, we know the evidence of getting baptized, you get wet. That's, and, 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 and go down in Jesus' name. But there's also evidence that you've been born of the Spirit. Uh, and that's kind of a big deal too. John 3 and 8, he says, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell when it cometh and whither it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. He gives you some clues. How are you going to know? What's the evidence that you've been born of the Spirit? Jesus saying, you're going to hear a sound. You're going to hear something that you've been born of the Spirit. And so you're going to hear that and you'll know, okay, yeah, thank you, Jesus. I've just been born of the Spirit. I've just been filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. How do I know? Because I I heard something. I heard the evidence. So many churches out there just say, say this little prayer and you accept him in your heart and he'll come in and where's, what's the evidence? Jesus said you hear a sound that you were born of the spirit. And we see this example play out. There's many, many passages that do it. Uh, just picking one today, Acts 10, 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them, all that heard the word. And they of the circumcision which were believed were astonished, as many came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. What was the evidence? How did they know that they got the Holy Ghost? How did they know they were born of the Spirit right there? Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There was the evidence. You cannot argue with the evidence right there. And so if you haven't been born of the Spirit and you haven't spoken in tongues, there's the evidence you need to do it. And then Peter said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost? Because you can't just have one or the other you got to have them both, born of the water and of the spirit, evidence of both. And then he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and then they prayed him to tarry certain days. And so if you haven't heard that sound in your life, God wants to and he can fill you with his spirit today. He doesn't want you to, to go to the bad place. He wants you to go to heaven with him, but you need to be born of the water and of the spirit. And all it takes is to be completely surrendered to him. Raising your hands and calling on to God with all your heart, emptying your heart out, and God can fill you with his spirit. Musicians, if you come today, we have the assurance. We have the assurance that if we abide in his word, that he will abide in us. Because that's what Jesus said. So we're taking Jesus at his word. He knows what he's talking about. And if he says we abide in his word, then he will abide in us. And that he will be there to advocate for us of our, of our past, about our past, our sins, and any transgressions, any faults, any failures, any un, all the uncleanliness and unrighteousness, all those evil deeds that we have done. If we abide in the word, Jesus will abide in us and he'll be our advocate and say, hey, I'll take care of all that. But that is not the only time that our advocate shows up. The word advocate used in 1 John 2 and 1 is the Greek word parakalitos. Parakalitos. And it is only used, this word is only used five times in the Bible. Once here in 1 John 2 and 1, and it's described as advocate, or, you know, advocate as we can say a lawyer. The other four times it is used, it is not translated as advocate. But instead, another word is used, but it's the same word. The other word that is used is comforter. Has anyone ever heard that word before? Comforter. Comforter and advocate are the same exact words. Parakalitos. And if I understand my Bible right, 
Once the comforter arrives, he's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. That means where I, wherever I go, my comforter goes with me. Wherever I go, my advocate is right there. It's not like I have to call and make an appointment and say, hey, I'm going to the courtroom at 10 o'clock on Monday. No, my advocate, my comforter is always there with me. Why? Because he came when I received the Spirit. That's why you need to be born of the Spirit because that gets you the comforter in your life and he'll always be there with you. Jesus is not just my advocate. He's not just my lawyer that shows up in the courtroom to argue about my sins and past. But Jesus is my comforter, and he is always with me. And, and to me, that makes me, uh, that makes me sound like that he's my bodyguard. I like to picture him like he's my bodyguard. Because if you understand bodyguards, they go everywhere. They go everywhere with you. You'll never, ever, ever see the President of the United States alone without a bodyguard or without a whole bunch of them. Even when he's out of office and, and gone on to live the simple life again with a lot of extra money, even still he's going to have bodyguards. Never, ever will he be without a bodyguard. He has secret service protection. He has bodyguards at all times. You, you can't get to the president without going through his bodyguard. They have to allow you to come in. They have to give you the clearance to come to get that close to uh, any president. Uh, and so I have the assurance that if I abide in the word of God, then God will abide in me. And the comforter will be there with me, and God will always be there. And so I have an assurance that, devil, you can't get to me without going through my paracolitos. You can't get to me without going through my advocate, without going through my comforter. He is my advocate. He's my defender. He's my protector, my savior, my healer, my deliverer. Wherever I go, I'm not alone. Why? Because the comforter is there with me. My advocate is there with me me at all times always there ready to argue my case for whatever situation I find myself in Psalms 91 and 1 it says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide there's that word again abide what does that mean to remain to not go anywhere to hold on to uh, he shall abide under the shadow of the almighty God that's where you need to get that's where we need to abide under the shadow of God if I abide in the shadow of the almighty you can't get to me devil you can't get to me depression you can't get to me spirit of fear you can't get to me why my advocate is here with me my my bodyguard is around me. I live in the shadow. I abide under the shadow of the almighty God. That means he's over me. That means he's covered me. That means I'm under him. I'm under his protection. You think the spirit of fear is going to dwell in the shadow of the almighty? Do you think the spirit of heaviness is going to go anywhere near the shadow of the Almighty? That's where we are to abide. If we abide by his word, he'll abide in us, and we will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You stand with me today. Psalms 15, 1 and 2. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle, who's going to remain there? Who's not going to go anywhere once they get there? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Why? Because that person's abiding in the word. And Jesus said, you abide in my word, I'll abide in you. I'll be with you wherever you go. You can hide behind me. You can hide under the, in the shadow of the almighty. I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm going to go abide in the tabernacle of the Lord. I'm going to go to the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And there, it's there, I'll abide with assurance that God is for me. That God is for me. Who can be against me? They can't get to me without going through God. They can't get to me without going through my comforter, my bodyguard, my advocate, because he's always there with me. 
He's not just showing up in the courtroom, but he walks with me down the road. He walks with me to work. He's there with me in the car. I'm hiding under his shadow. Everywhere I go, I am hiding in the, the, under the shadow of the Almighty God because that's the assurance that I have. It can't get to me. To abide also means to wait. To wait for. To wait for somebody to come. When the three Hebrew boys were threatened with the fiery furnace, they stood there not afraid, not anxiously. They, they weren't afraid at all. They weren't worried, but they, they abode in the assurance of their God. They, they, they said, somebody's going to come for me. My advocate's coming. My comforter is coming. He's not going to leave me or forsake me. And so when they were thrown in, all of a sudden, guess what? Who showed up? Guess who's, there's a fourth man in the fire. It looked like the Son of Man. And somebody appeared. Their advocate was there with them. Their comforter was there, did not leave them or forsake them. Micah 7, 8 says, therefore, or 7, 7, therefore, I will look unto the Lord and I will wait. I will abide for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me and rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord's going to be my light. Why? Because he's there. He's my advocate. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's my comforter. He's my healer. He's my strength. Verse 9 says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause, my advocate. I know I'm guilty, but God is gracious and merciful. And if I abide in his word, he'll show up and he'll argue and say, hey, he's innocent. And execute judgment for me. You see, I don't need to do it myself. I don't have, if I try to do it myself, it ain't going to work out very well. I just let my lawyer handle it. Go speak with my advocate. He'll execute the judgment for me. He'll take care of it all. Until he plead my cause and execute my judgment for me, he will bring me forth to the light, and I shall behold his righteousness. Then she, that is mine enemy, shall see it. We'll just go ahead and say that's the devil too, because he'll see it. He's our enemy. The enemy shall see it and shall and shame shall cover her, which said unto me, Where is the Lord thy God? Where's your God at? Mine eyes shall behold her, now shall she be trodden down as the mire of the streets. See the the accuser's gonna show up and say, Well, oh, where's your God at? Where's your God? I thought you went to church. I thought you I thought you prayed. Why are these bad things happening to you? What about all this and all that? And he says, uh, you need to remind him to say, don't, don't talk to me. Go talk to my advocate. Don't bother me without, I'm not listening to your words because I know that I'm not alone. I know that I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty God, that we have uh, our paracolitos with us. And when adversity comes, we have our advocate. When hardship comes, we have our deliverer. When heartache and pain comes, we have our healer. We don't got to go to him. He's right there with us. When calamity comes, we have a comforter there with us. And whatever you need today in your life, in your situation, your paracolitos is here. And he's never left you. He's always been there with you. And so let's abide in his presence and abide in his words, and he will abide in us. As Jesus said, and back to our text, the whole purpose of this, John 15 and 11, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. When you understand abiding with God, and abiding in his presence. And you understand that he's not going anywhere. That he's just not showing up at the great throne judgment. That he's going to be there with us each and every day. When you understand that he's never leaving you, that's going to help you, your, your joy be full. 
You're not going to get down and out because you feel like you're alone. No, you just need to understand again where you are abiding. And if you go under the secret place of the Almighty God, you're going to be there under the shadow of the Almighty God. And so don't leave here today without him. Get in contact with your paracletos, your comforter, your healer, your deliverer, your strength. Sometimes we listen to our circumstance and what's going on around us and we just kind of forget about our helper. We forget about our comforter. We forget that we have uh, the best lawyer, the best advocate in all of the universe. And we can get downtrodden and we can get depressed and, and heaviness can come upon us and just weigh us down. And what is the purpose of that? The purpose of all that is to draw, to try to draw you out from under the shadow of the Almighty. Because the devil's not going to go under the shadow of the Almighty. That's, that means he's underneath the wings and arms of God. And if we abide in there, never leave and never remain, we have all the protection that we need. We have all the defense that we need. We have all the help that we can that we can call upon. And so today, I wonder if we can just abide in his presence. If there's anything that you need in your life, maybe you've been holding on to things for too long. It's time that we just let them go and let the Spirit of God come and, and refill you and, and, and encourage you and uplift you again. Why? Because... We have an assurance today that we can stand with the Almighty God and that nothing is going to happen to us because God is for us. Who can be against us? We're not alone in this. I know we have each other, but some, when we leave here, sometimes we feel like we're alone. No, we're not alone. God is with us. And that's who we're here today to worship and to celebrate. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Let's magnify Him today. Is there anything you need? We can come and pray with you today. Eagles Walk out of here with our joy full today. We have our defender. He's with us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. Now let's shake off that unbelief. Shake off that doubt. Walk out of here in the joy of the Lord today. But our comforter is here, our advocate is here. My cup's overflowing. Hallelujah. You can't get to me, devil. You can't harm me or hurt no me. Weapon can harm me. Because I've got a bodyguard. I've got Jesus Christ. I've got the Lamb of God covering me. Hallelujah, Jesus. We lift you up, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you today. Hallelujah. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. He's my comfort. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're never very far, Lord. He always guides me. He always guides me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Through mountains and valleys. Mountains and valleys. We can get refreshed here. Restores, we can get renewed here. Let that living water flow out of your belly today. Hallelujah, Jesus. It gives us assurance, yes. Gives me assurance. We have everything that we need. That I'll see His glory.
you we thank you Jesus Lord for never leaving up or forsaking us God you're always there with us we're not alone in this God hallelujah help us Lord to abide in you and you and us be closer to you Jesus hallelujah Lord we'll have the victory the victory over our past victory over sin victory over the devil why because we got the best lawyer out there and uh, I always thought it would be cool to have, uh, you know, a big shot lawyer on retainer, as they say. That means you, you got a lot of money in his account, and whenever you call, he answers. Because you, you got a lawyer in your pocket. But we've got Jesus Christ. He's our advocate, and all we got to do is to call his name. We don't got to make an appointment. We don't got to go to see him. No, we just call on our, our advocate, call on our comforter, and he's right there because he's never left us. Before we, before we do anything, we should always consult with our advocate. Consult with the Word. See what the Word of God says because we don't want to do anything outside the Word. That means we're no longer abiding by it. And then God says, I can't abide in you. You're not abiding by my word. So everything we do, 
Run it through your lawyer, Jesus Christ. He'll give you the right choices, the right things to make. Man, that's why he said, if you abide in me, my word abides in you. You can ask anything because you've run it through the lawyer first. He's already given the approval. And so, um, yeah, he, he, he prepares you for whatever's coming. Amen. And so, thank you for coming today. Amen. Go, go forth today knowing that you're not going alone. You have your advocate, your comforter there with you all the time. And his name is Jesus, the name that is above every name. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name.